Andrew Laird, welcome to So Far So Rare and everyone else. I'm sorry I didn't have a podcast last week. I was chilling on a beach in the Maldives. I know you are all feeling very sorry for me and that's really helping my case, isn't it? <laughs> How to win friends and influence people by John Nellis. <laughs> What's the crack, Laird? So I've told you this before, but every Friday I listen to So Far So Rare. <laughs> you haven't and been recently I... and you won't be this week. <laughs> You're killing, like, I, I'm a routine guy, and now you've taken me out of my routines. While you're I, gallivanting in the Maldives, my God. The main reason I brought you on is just to call you out. Um, it's all a ruse. All the things I said before we even recorded was all bullshit. You tweeted on the 5th of October at 5.19pm. Got 15,000 views, no less. Someone asked you, Brad asked you, what does bad at the game mean in so rare terms? And you said, inability to recognize poor lineup construction, bad contest prior prioritization, failure to acquire complementary cards that benefit the gallery, overvaluing potential future utility, among others. And I've never felt so personally attacked in my whole fucking life. And I know I was in your mind when you wrote that, because I have done every single one of those for so fucking long. <laughs> so... So, <laughs> so first off, thank you to whoever sent that question. That was I was sitting on a on an airplane, uh, and wanted to do did like an AMA, and that question came up, and I thought a while about that question because I because I think that it was important to like lay all those out because I think there are a lot of people who believe they are very good, or at least they believe they're good, and they're not, and you and a number of other people replied and were like, fuck you. <laughs> and I was just like, I wasn't saying it to anyone specific, but I think those are kind of the most common things. But the number of people who were like, I feel attacked. And I was like, I didn't, I'm not calling anyone else out, but no, I, I, John, I think of you a lot. I was not thinking of you during that moment. Yeah, maybe it's a bit egotistical of me to assume it was about me, but I think it is. It was a really like interesting tweet of thought because it's like, those are all things that I know I've done so bad for so long, yet I just haven't bothered my arse fixing them. Like, for so long. And I think actually the month-long competition made me prioritise right, so it made me tick one of those boxes. Like, it made me do one of those things better because I think for so long I kind of made... I said this in a podcast recently, I feel like I was making 10 80% teams as opposed to making three 100% banging teams and then the, the other five or seven or however many, I forget the number I said, at like 80%, does that make sense? Or at 70, 75%? Instead of putting like, he's my best, he's my best, he's my best, he's the best lineup, he's the best matchup, he's the best this. I'm kind of like, oh no, but I can't get a champ team out that's good if I don't put him there and this type of bollocks. So I think like that contest prioritization the month long made me do it, and I don't think it's by chance that I won like Haaland, Kamavinga, Chavi Simons, and I feel like I won, um, what do you call your man, Santiago Jimenez, and three podiums with you know within that month. I don't think that's chance. I think it was the game making me do something right that I haven't done right for three fucking years. I I think you've gotten a lot better at it recently. And a bit of luck, and, and a bit of luck. Obviously, there's there's obviously very. But we we always need a little bit of luck. But no, I think you have done it. I think the the Nellis versus the Sora Data Algo competition really allowed people to figure out what they really mean when they want to prioritize competitions. And so we always say that, like, I want this lineup to be my best. And if I remember correctly, when you were doing yours, it suggested, I forget which lineup you were doing, but it suggested your Herdeski super rare. And you were like, I can't use that here because I use it somewhere else. Mm. And I was like, that's, that's where people get in trouble. I mean, I do it. We all do it. And, or if you have like a really good under 23 and you're like, I want to put my best cards in all-star this week. And then it's like, okay, use the, this U23. And you're like, ah, I can't do that. That I, I use that in U23. And it's like, now you're consciously making the decision not to use your best cards. Mm. And so that whole exercise, I think, is something that people should be doing every week. Like, do you really want to make your best lineup? Because theoretically, that will be your best chance to win something. 
And if the answer is yes, then you sometimes need to sacrifice other lineups to do that. And that's just, that's like the uncomfortable part of Sora because having more lineups is more fun, more, mm-hmm. you know, bites at the apple and all that good stuff. And the, it just kind of, yeah, focuses you a little bit. And I agree with you that the all-star one, like the, the month long competition was you, this is where you need to do your best. And mm-hmm. so you're like, okay, I will put my best cards there. And you're it like forced us to do it, but it's helpful for sure. Mm-hmm. It's funny that I'm like, oh yeah, that made me do it better. Yet like two of the podiums and one of the wins I got was like under 23s. It's like, oh, doesn't really make sense. But anyway, it kind of, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. And then even just the other things there, it's like overvalue and potential future utility. I've kind of stopped like collecting all the little future stars but i did that a while ago and thankfully some of them are kind of coming to fruition now but so many of them are just bench dead fodder super rares that i overpaid for two years ago that still aren't playing um but but exactly what has played out is what i think most people kind of assume will happen like nobody buys a bunch of under 23 cards when the guys are really young and expect all of them to hit you just need like one or two to hit and like you said, some of them are, are finally hitting and this is when it pays off. But yeah. not everybody has a gallery that can withstand that. And yeah. you do. And so you can continue to make good lineups, but other people kind of focus too much on that. And then they're playing those cards. And I hate that this one immediately pops into my head. But like Ansu Fati is a great example of a player that a lot of people got very excited about. And he's just an absolute lineup killer mm. like to this day. And could he be great one day? Absolutely. But people kind of expected it to happen sooner. And though, so then you play him in lineups and then he gets his 28 and you're just like, well, that wasn't fun. And yeah, really it's probably just not a card for a lot of people at this time. Yeah. Like I've had a few of them that have come through, like, you know, Maxime de Kuyper. I think I bought my rare of him. If I have a look at this, I picked up a rare of Maxime de Kuyper from Pavel on the fifth Oh, this is American dates? No, this is our dates. The 6th of May, 2021. I've had him like a couple of years, and now he's a smasher. Shugawara, yep. Arthur Theate Super Rares. Um, so there's a few that do come off, but then there's the Adila Shishas and the Ryan Cherkies and whoever else is that still are kind of just like, hmm, we'll wait and see. But anyway, we have too much to talk about today to keep going on about this. Um, but before that, I want to thank So Rare Data, conveniently for sponsoring the show and the channel and bringing all this to you. Go and give SoRare Data a crack. What is the latest, best way to sell this, Andrew Laird? Do the job for me. You're the guy. Yeah, fundamentally, I think it's the it makes winning easier. Like, there's a lot of work that goes into SoRare, and fundamentally, for whether it's football, MLB, or NBA, all of the tools that we have on the site are built by people who play the game and are built with the intention of making it easier to play, where you can find prices easier, you can find scores easier, and you can make better decisions based on all of our tools. And we think it's all worth it. Yep. I absolutely... I, I, part of me loves being an ambassador of SoRare Data, and part of me hates it because I feel like it makes my sales pitches seem very salesy. Whenever, even before I was involved with these more formally, it was like, I still would have said this stuff. But, like, I would not win anything without so rare data's lineup builder. I am so dependent on it now that if you took it away, mm-hmm. I couldn't play the game. Like, I really don't think I could play the game. And it just shows how strong and how vital an asset it is. It, and it it's applicable for basically every gallery level that... Once you get to a certain number of cards, even just organizing them in order to figure out who to play each game week becomes mm. uh, a little overbearing. And uh, there are a lot of people, oh, I know my gallery. I'll just play my guys like I know it. But just the way that the lineup builder can organize what you're doing. And if you have multiple lineups, there's a single page that shows everything that you can, all your lineups together. So if you're like, oh, maybe I should play this card here and you can kind of move them around, not physically, but takes a few mm. steps but that's my favorite feature of the lineup builder honestly is the save lineups part because i can just yeah. see everything that i have and it's like do i want to play de Kuiper in u23 this week or is he better off in all-star or is he better off in challenger and if i do that then i can move this card here and yeah i think the lineup builder is just so such a big part of my own ex- sober experience mm. that i don't i couldn't do anything without it 
what I love about the saved lineups is that it means on the Friday, like if I have it them all absolutely as is in so rare. So for example, I build them all in the lineup builder, I put them all in so rare. If I change them on the lineup builder, I change them in so rare and vice versa. Friday at two o'clock, an hour before lock. I go and have a quick scan of my saved lineups and I look for any of them that aren't 100%. Like if the community think yeah. it's 98%, 98, 99, I probably won't bother. But if all of a sudden the percentage in any one of those lineups has dropped to 90% or something, I'm like, why do 10% of people don't think he's starting? Google, search, Twitter, oh shit, he's out, you know, because of a press conference. And it's just like a quick scan, anyone, any number that's not 100. But there's a million ways to use it and I recommend anyone does. Please use the link below or code John Nellis. If you're already a member for free, Give it a crack um, and use the code John Nellis um, and Big Man will get paid and you will probably be better at SO5. We all win. Right, Laird. Loads of shit's happened. So there's a lot about NBA, which we will talk about, but first off, because um, I know most people here here probably only care about the football, but we will discuss NBA a bit. You are American after all. Um, improving the So Rare Manager experience is a six-minute read that they dropped a day ago. So there's been a platform redesign. It looks completely different. Um, what are your thoughts? I'm going to try and pull it up on the screen. Didn't prep this beforehand. Everyone watching, you're going to have to deal with it. If you're listening, you're wondering what I'm on about. Laird, go and have some fun and tell us what you think while I butcher this screen. I think it's cool. I didn't need it, but yeah, this is cool. It, it lays things out a little nicer. I, would, I like that we can... That our Hall of Fame is back. I always like that. I feel like the club page, like your individual club page is much nicer. It kind of gives you cooler ways to share your cards or the list that you've made up. You can see how much you've won. Like, I think it, everything is like a total improvement. I know that they have been, that they worked with a group of people. They got some feedback on what they were doing. And from what I gather that they took what they offered as extremely helpful in some of the things that some of the people in this focus group suggested they built into it or things that removed. I will say that I haven't put lineups in yet for like the next game week. So I don't actually know how that, I assume it's the same I'm kind of clicking around here. Oh, I guess that part's the same, but yeah, I'm excited. And it's, it was kind of like a nice thing to add during an international break when everyone else is just kind of being dramatic and angry at each other. So it's nice. I've just made my Hall of Fame, and it's fucking beautiful. It's oh, fun, right? Days, yeah. It's actually really nice. I love the black and white in the background of it. I also saw Harry Trades post something earlier with the the skin on the profile, and he had some Aztec-looking vibe, and it actually like looked cool. I always felt like the banner was quite understated, but I think like mm -hmm. this is a much more like impressive page now in total. Um, my Hall of Fame is five Danny Parejos. I have the one of a thousand from twenty two twenty three, the one of a thousand from twenty one twenty two, the ticket edition, the game week two hundred edition, and the player of the year edition. Yeah, that is that's sexy. That's fucking unbelievable. Um, anyway, so complete redesign. I'll be honest. Before we jumped on this, I haven't really looked at it. Rivals is going to be interested. It's a closed beta at the minute. That's going to be like their daily version. The monthly is going to be these custom leagues and whatever, the Cap 270 one they're doing, I imagine. Will it go in there? Yeah. Uh, yes, leaderboard will go in there. The month-long one, yeah. And then Pro is what they're calling um, our, like the way we play. Um, another change is Rare Pro to Rare Plus. We're probably going to read that, but can you explain that to me in a nutshell, or is it purely just a word change? It is, it is just a word change, but there's like a number of changes that they had to make because of what they did. And I feel like they continue to struggle with words that they, cause they're like using too many that they've used before and new people will never know that it's, that it used to be something. I feel like the most people, the, the people who are more likely to be confused are you and I who've been around and, and people like PSU fans who still uses division two and division three, the, so semi pro is now called kickoff. Kickoff of the, the daily game is now Rivals. Pro is now Specialist. Like the Premier League Pro is now Specialist. And Rare Pro, yeah, is now Rare Plus. I think Rare Plus just sounds kind of silly to me, but I don't know. It's, is that just <laughs> because like we're used to it? I think that's just used to us. It's because we're just used to it. No? Well, I just feel like, like there's... Uh, Apple TV Plus and Paramount Plus and all these other, like, Plus just seems like the 
Mm, like a generic, version. like, yo, you pay for this now. And now you're like, wait, do I have to pay for to enter now? I don't mm. know. I get the weird thought. But I did want to bring this up because I was talking to Sean about this. He was like, limited, rare, rare plus, super rare and unique. He finds significantly more confusing than divisions five, four, three, two, one. And I remember when they changed it, you made these this comment that there were so many people who used to contact you who were being onboarded and they were like, so what is division three? What is division two? And when they changed it to the scarcity names, you were like, it was so much easier. Mm. And Sean still doesn't find it easier. But I was wondering if you changed your mind on that. Like, if, do you think division five makes more sense than limited? Hmm. It's kind of like what is it they do in FIFA? Isn't it like they go they start you start in like Division Ten or something? Are you used to? And then the more games you win and shit, you go higher. I do think like almost like a real football where like let's say in the English system where there's like eight tiers of professional football. Or something, it might be ten, it might be six. I don't really know, but like there's a load of tiers. Where the fuck are Wrexham? They were down the bottom of there. Some of them working their way up. You get my point. Like yep. I get the idea of having like division fucking eight, and then like and as you get better, you go up the divisions to unique. Okay, but I think it's kind of honestly, it's kind of one of those that I think like where I am, I don't really give a fuck, but I probably should give a fuck because it's it's just what's more intuitive for a beginner, and that's your question: what is more intuitive for a beginner? Like I fundamentally think if you have something called limited division, then it you know that you're limited. using limited cards. True. And then, yeah, limited, rare, super unique. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Like it, it, it takes out a question that you get immediately when, if you're yeah, like, oh yeah, do you play Division 5? Well. How do I play Division 5? Well, you use limited cards. But if you you're just right. see like, oh, here's the limited division, I must be able to use limited cards there. Or am I giving everybody too much credit for that? No, you're right. I I do like the way like in the, the search bar for the competitions or whatever, I'm pulling this up the screen for people. Like when you like, you know, all scarcities, common, limited, rare, super. You know, like where you're going. Okay, I'm a limited player. I go into limited. These are my limited right. divisions. Yeah, you're right. So what I know, I know this is your <clears throat> podcast, but I'm going to ask you another question. God, Have you? No, I normally I do this so I don't get asked questions, Laird. No, this is just a quick one. Have you ever referred to a so rare card as a scarcity card or a blockchain card? No. Did you Did you know so rare did? <laughs> no so there's this they're saying that they are changing the name from scarcity cards or blockchain cards to pro cards which is another which is why they can't use pro in rare pro because they now have pro cards but i was like they made this announcement of like hey you know that those two phrases that you never you didn't even know existed we're changing it to another thing that you're never going to call <laughs> I'm I'm kind of scrolling down here. Yeah, like that's just like who cares. So limited, rare, super rare, and unique cards are pro cards, not to be confused with the formerly named scarcity cards or blockchain cards. Oh, because the common cards are like free cards, yeah, or non-blockchain cards because they aren't NFTs. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of an analogy for that, and I can't. So I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just silly because no one ever said them anyway. I don't. Know, maybe it's maybe it's like a legal thing for them or something. Maybe it's like how these these things are legally referenced to within their documents or things to circumnavigate or skirt gambling laws. Sure. Um, I, don't know. I don't know. The right. Well, I'm going to go down this wee six minute read quickly and just see if there's anyone miss. So platform update background. A bit of background on it. Yeah, basically they're going to say they think it was needed, I'm sure, there and whatever. It looks great, wonderful. Improving the app. I think improving the app's a great one. And I've seen a lot of talk from like Nicholas on socials and stuff about like getting in-app purchases to be a thing. You're obviously in the weeds and I've been away on holiday for two weeks. Has there been any updates on that or what's the latest vibe on it or expected? So fundamentally, it's all about not paying Apple and Google 30% on every transaction. And I don't know how they get around that, but I think that's that's the goal so that they can sell cards in the app. Like that's why they don't do it now because they have to pay such a high fee to to Google and Apple every time. Mm. And they 
Nicola makes it sound like they have some headway on that, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I also have an Android phone. And so like, I never, I don't, the app is com basically worthless to me. Yeah. I, I don't use the app yet really, but I've heard it is getting better and I do see more people tweeting about it and saying it's useful and maybe I should really give it a crack. I think like, you didn't it's AR your Halland in the Maldives. You didn't like put them on the beach with you. I didn't probably should have. I did. Do you, hear, do you want me to tell you something about the AR thing, right? I've tried the AR a couple of times, and I, I am 90% sure I'm being the dickhead here, being the idiot. Every time I like click on the card and do the whole explore thing and go to do it, it just pops the card up randomly somewhere in the room, and I can't seem to like drag it or move it to where I want it. Hmm. Maybe I haven't tried it, right? Maybe I'm being an idiot. But it's like the little card will be down on the floor in the corner sideways, and I'll be like, no, no, I want it over here on the mantelpiece. And I'll be like, I haven't been able to move it. I think I'm being an idiot or I need to update or something. My phone does literally doesn't even do it. Um, like it's not even available on Android. So I, I can't. Cause I was definitely going to like me. take a photo with like the Parejo one on the table and like a box of tissues and some lube or something for a joke. <laughs> Thought I might get barred from any future player access with the guy. If I do that, though. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. Cause I, like, if I post that to Instagram or something, right, I'm not joking you. This sounds like a wee flex, but Danny Parejo religiously likes my videos now. That's fun. It's really fun. Like if I like, it's all the time because he can filter by like blue ticks, and he's one of the few blue ticks who engages. So he, he liked my video there about the messy pizza, and he's liked a few yeah. other ones. So if I post something on Instagram, there's a chance Danny P will see it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I would keep the loop out. Then. Creep the guy out. That's yeah. how you get blocked. Anyway. Um, yeah, he speaks Spanish, but Lubin Tissues transcends language, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> universal language. <laughs> the universal language of cancel culture and just fucking inappropriate <laughs> fucking uncomfort. Anyway, let's move on. So, Evolution for Seamless Gameplay, blah, blah, blah. I can't be worth reading this, Laird. Enter different game modes. Join So Rare Pro or So Rare Rivals, the forthcoming daily game. You can go to the rewards pool web only. Okay, if I go web only, what's going on here? It just shows the rewards each given game week for the different divisions, I assume. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, consult your manager assistant. Oh, so this is, is this like the wee coaching type of vibe that's going to help everyone become better? Maybe. The only thing I, mean, I can do at the minute is refer a friend. Yeah. Is that because we're why already pros? Or does everyone just see this? No, that the the manager assistant? Yeah. Yeah, that it, you can just refer. That's it. Like, even if you just sign up today, is there not like, buy your first card? Set oh, your first lineup? That I don't know. That's a good be. point. I don't know we, that one. We probably only have a fair because we've been here for a long time. I would guess. Um, The live page, keeping an idea on the games and your players. Is that kind of somewhat trying to do what Sewer Data's app does? I assume so. <clears throat> I don't think I've had a live game. Yeah, my first yeah. game is in... 30 minutes. Okay. Latvia, Armenia. Okay. Who's playing there? Lucas Zellerion. Strangely oh. enough. Um, my club web only. So this is the thing. Web only, app only, all this. So the my club bit looks a lot better. I do like it. Um, if we just go over to that on the site. As I, I say, like the skins and the crests and all. So I, I would love to see more um, cosmetics up for sale. And mm -hmm. like weekly releases of cosmetics, um, community design cosmetics. I, I'd love to be able to upload your own stuff, but the problem is then people just put up dick pics and things, and I get why you can't really do that because of the amount of policing and work it brings in. But I just think it, yeah. there's definitely a way people can go and bleed coins away. Um, I would certainly consider it, yeah. All of like, the cosmetic stuff should be fun. I think we're at the stage now as well where like people are probably getting quite... I have 100,000 something coins there and I've tried to spend them on things I actually want. And I'm not at the point where it's like, fuck it, give me the crest. <laughs> do you know? Yeah. Let, <laughs> do you know? Like, I'll never get one of these signed shirts. Just give me the fucking crest. Give, give me mm -hmm. that banner, you know? Um, so I do think there, there'd be an appetite there for people to spunk a few coins and stuff uh, just for the wee flex. Yeah. Um, the market 
is Web Only. This is one of those things is really shit to listen to. It's better people just to go and click themselves. That's why I'm kind of like, ugh, because it's like, what am I going to do? Tell you how it now looks? Just go and look at it. Yeah. Um, new NBA and MLB features. Building so rare together. All right, I'm going to read this. Okay. Here are the areas we've already identified to improve. Providing access to past and present game week scores. Upgrading the reward pool experience so that all leaderboards are easier to navigate. Enhancing the lineup view experience for managers with multiple lineups. Updating the live experience for tracking games when a manager doesn't have a competing player card for that game. And providing quick access flow for my SoRare and my gallery. Um, all in all, was there anything in that that you like want to talk about that we missed? Or So I do actually. And it has to do with SoRare data because there are a lot of things that they're doing now that we do. And... A lot of the early stuff that we did as a company was things that we didn't necessarily think, I don't want to say we're, we're not our responsibility, but probably should have come from SoRare, uh, but we did it anyway because we wanted to get that information. And the mm -hmm. easiest way for us to get it was to do it ourselves. And over the past, a little more than a year, which actually, now that I look at the date, this might be my anniversary of starting SoRare data. I'll have to look that up. But anyway, uh, we have been very conscious of building and developing things that we don't think are either appropriate for SoRare to do, or they're just like, it doesn't make sense for them to do it. And so I'm glad to see them doing this these things now, because I feel like these are things that we should have had mm. on SoRare. It does seem weird to just fundamentally to be on play a game and go to a third party to find live scoring. Um, so I think yeah. while it may like, it'll always be different, but what, what we want to see, I think as so rare players, we, and people who build things for so rare players, like, I think we'll always have more that will make people want to use our stuff, but it's good that at least those who don't happen to use so rare data are at least able to like this actually track their games kind of live I think a big just thing better for the experience overall i think for like new people who come to so rare maybe if they sort some stuff out newcomers to the game might never feel the need to go to so rare data to track their game week if that makes sense like to follow along live at the weekend but the reality is that me and probably 90 percent of people listening to this podcast our weekend is refreshing so rare data looking at the lens how many points are reward how many card rewards are we on for how much ether you know that's the interface i'm used to so i'm not going to go and put the brain power or even 20 minutes of hassle or week of trying it to get it like to learn how to follow that on so rare i'm just going to keep doing it the way i do it because that's what's easier for everyone but like so i think like the diehard or the people who are here now and who have used so rare data for months if not years will just continue to do that because that's what they're used to and we're creatures of habit yeah no i I totally agree, but it, but at least that one, the, the live scoring thing has always been one where we kind of debate internally of how much we want to develop it. Cause we were like, we know so rare will do this themselves at some point. Mm. And we're confident in our abilities that we can make something better. That's how we feel. And so we did that, but so much of so rare data should be about helping you figure out which cards to buy or which cards to sell, how much to buy and sell those for, which competitions to enter, how you make your best lineups for those. And like the actual live scoring part is really like down the list of things that you should get out of SoRare data. It's become a really big part for people's experiences of just checking the SoRare data app to see how their lineups are doing. And I, I continue to believe that no matter what SoRare come up with, I think our solution is will be better but that's more just SoRare data confidence than anything else. Yeah. But the, like SoRare data is so much more than the live scoring. And so I'm just glad that SoRare are are doing this now so that, yeah, those new to the game don't have to like go somewhere else for something that they really should just get at SoRare. Um, well, we move on to the NBA. Yay? Nay? I didn't hear you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, season two cards came out today. They're 3D. They look pretty cool. 
And yeah. um, I think the biggest part of the announcement today, I mean, obviously new cards are always fun, but I think the biggest part is that they outlined all of the competitions that they'll have throughout the season and every scarcity, uh, as well as rewards in each, like we know how many rewards we'll be giving out for every game week for the entire season. And I think that's kind of nice to figure out now. And they're adding, I was going to say they're adding ETH, but I think they're adding cash rewards. That's what they call them. And they're significantly bigger than, than the MLB game, but they're also significantly smaller than football. But I think it's just a really good step in that direction that you get, you can win cash in the champion competitions, which are the ones that uh, have the higher cap. So you can use your better players. And I don't know, I think it's one of those that I think it's really good. And everyone will just be like, Oh, I wish it was more. And it's like, we always just want more. And I yeah. think ultimately the, the biggest issue that they're going to have to deal with is because of the change in, in mint counts, since they changed them to match football now, that if they have this like explosion of users, they're going to have to figure out more ways to reward people that are not just cards. And I don't think that they have enough users now that that's a worry, but all of us should worry that, you know, should hope that we get to a point where we're worrying about that. Cause if there are so many more people playing then all the cards are worth more and we all just kind of win from that. So I been honest, I'm so switched off from the basketball product really but I think that's because of the way the off-season kind of went in terms of there was no reason to be engaged. Mm -hmm. I think when you don't live in America, if you're not getting it through the game, I'm not getting it anywhere. I'm not surrounded yeah. by it every day. I'm not getting news on drafts or do people transfer? You know, <laughs> I'm not getting news on that type of stuff. So I've just like switched off and in my head, it's like I'll pick it up again when it comes back. But I have to say last season, I did enjoy it. Kind of like the MLB. I like just going like, bippity bippity bop oh i've won or like oh you yeah. know it, it's kind of fun um so i am really looking forward to coming back and like last year i did buy a load of like big hitters so it's class to have them and it's obviously great to see you know the cash rewards coming in because i can directly benefit me now that i have these cards from last year you know if i'm getting a bit of cash in the wallet i can use that in football i can withdraw it and do whatever i want i probably don't have the knowledge to go put it back into basketball but um ultimately I, like the only thing i'm gonna look at here is like the card and I think it looks really nice. I like the big basketball. I like the back of it, having a little bit of something going on around the SoRare logo. Um, as I look at the designs there, I like the fact that they're thrown in the countries. You know, a lot of the big hitters in the NBA, am I correct, are like international, like Janice and yeah. Bajic and whoever else. So it's actually is quite pertinent. They're not all just American. Um, the jersey match and first editions having their own little kind of thing going on. Um, what's it saying here about rookie card listings? I... I really wish, just to go back to that jerseyman thing, I really wish they did that for football. Yeah, it, like, they really should. Why didn't they do it this season? It, it it was one of the best things about the MLB and NBA cards, and they actually stopped the, if I yeah, they stopped doing it for MLB, which I don't I don't know why, because everybody it it just makes it so much better. Like it looks nicer and it looks important. And if you're going to make those important, which now they have the collection game, like the one ofs and the jerseymans are important, like make it look special. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really glad they did it for NBA. I hope they bring it back for MLB. And yeah, they really should do it for for football as well. Be interesting to see on these uh, NBA cards, like the backs and everything else, like will we get special editions of these and how they look? Because I know they've referenced in a previous post about the other cards and the space that was left, you know, for special editions in football this season, hopefully um hopefully see more of those so it'll be interesting to see like how they jazz these cards up because they're pretty jazzy do, do you they... like the th oh, sorry go ahead i was just gonna say do you like the 3d thing i was very skeptical sort of like who gives a fuck and now i'm like i love them same with the football cards for this season at the start everyone's like they're horrible and now i'm like i love them i do i i i think they're fucking amazing i really love them it sounds so <laughs> stupid <laughs> just for how excited i get about it it's but yeah it's mental. I, it's, it looks, oh man, like every time I try to explain this, it just sounds like dumber and dumber, but it feels like a premium product mm. that you'd compare them to the old cards. And like, I look at the old cards now and you're just like, oh, okay. 
And these, you know, they're shiny. You can move them. I, it, again, it's so stupid, uh, but I, I love it. I think they're great. I do you know what I love? It's the perfect example, and I just of like how fucking wrong were we all? Like everyone was saying, wait till they're 3D. And we'll, a lot of people are saying, like, wait till they're 3D, and then we'll make our final call and judgment on it, whatever else. But the uproar from the community at the start, the thing that changed my mind, and I've said it in this podcast, was I think it was I forget who it was posted like the six different cards of like was it pencil yeah. or someone or someone who's been on i think game. that's exactly who it was yep and i was like oh they're way better than the other ones but i kind of was very critical of not very critical but a little critical of them initially and now i'm just like these are class but i do think that those nba cards haven't let us down um i haven't and that's me basing it off i have not seen community feedback people might hate these i think they're quite nice i like the basketball in the background they're 3D, so they obviously pop a bit more. I don't mind the font. I don't hate the badges. I like the Jersey Mint logo thing. I, I, I like them. What's the vibe being? Do you like them or are you not about it? I think they're great. I really do. And it... I like them enough where... So let me go back. I was talking with a few people and, who play NBA last year and we have a lot of cards. And so part of it's the... What are they going to do to make me buy cards this year? Because if I can just use all my old cards, I'll just do that. These are just cool looking. I might buy a few just because of that. Like I just, I'm into it. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Laird fucks with it. I just dropped the F bomb because I know it probably makes you a little uncomfortable. But he fucks. I think I've said it a few times. <laughs> I, let, I let myself loose a little bit on this show. Um, but yeah, I, like I will them. say that the. They, their decision about selling rookie cards is really good. So what they announced, which uh, is a little bit of a bummer since they already did release a few of them, but they said they're not going to auction any rookie cards until after game week two. And the reason that's important is because all the rookies come in with L. So for those who don't play NBA, every competition is a cap mode and all of the rookies have a cap of zero. And so they become basically cheat codes. And so what they've announced is that they will not mint any rookies until after game week two. So they'll have a chance to have an L they use L 10 in, in basketball, but they'll have an L 10. So they, you won't get these like, like real cheat codes. The problem is, is that they did already sell a few of them. Like they had those draft day cards, which we don't have to get into that. And then Chet Holmgren, who's one of, who was a rookie last year, he was hurt the whole year. So they didn't sell any of his cards. Then they randomly decided to mint three limiteds, three rares, and three supers. I actually don't know if they did any more. Let me double check that. No one's going to. He's basically a cheat code as well. Yeah, that's all they did. That's What's his name? Chet who? Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren. Hmm. There we are. So, yeah, because I remember reading, I seen like Spicer posted something and he was saying about them doing that. And like the first game week's a big game week and everyone will be excited. And that, that was a risk yes. that those rookies could just break the game for the first week and make it a shit experience. And so he was right. That they've done that. Yes. Yeah. So it's good that. So there there are still a few like cheat codes out there. Like I'm looking now for this at Holmgren. Like YNWA bought two of the three super rares. And Spicer bought a, a rare, the one of, and is that Spicer? Oh no, it wasn't Spice. Or Spicer bought the one of the limiteds. But yeah, they're those are cheat codes, and thankfully they're not like more of them, so that it ruins it for everyone. I had a stupid moment this week, Laird, and I highlight it more because I have no doubt that I was being an idiot. But if I can be an idiot, haven't been on the game for over three years now. I'm pretty sure there's other people who'd be an idiot. I legitimately thought I'd want to sign Premier League jersey from an Everton stack shooting just shy of 400 points. I made a tweet about it and all, and got called out and was like, "Oh, delete, I'm out." And it's because I called I literally... you out on yesterday. By the way. Oh, on what? On some content? Yeah. Oh, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I made fun of you totally. Bad. Yeah, I loved it. But so I was away, obviously on holidays. Built this team. I bought a I bought an Everton stack right because I was like, "Oh, they play Luton and they play Bournemouth. This will be a bit of fun, right?" And whenever you click into the competition on So Rare, now I wasn't reading the finer details of how long this was for. I clicked into the competition on So Rare, went to prize pool, and it said the top 20 people or top 30 people are good jerseys or something. I was like, fuck, that's a lot of signed jerseys to be giving away in a week. I can probably win one of these. So put the team into, into it and ended up like ninth. And I was like, I'm ninth. The top 20 get jerseys. 
unbelievable. And, and like, on the site, when I went in, clicked on my team that shot 397 points, clicked on the team in the competition, clicked on prize pool, it wasn't like ridiculously evident that it wasn't just mm-hmm. this week. It it showed me in the, like, it highlighted the little bracket of like 9th to 20th or 10th to 20th or whatever the fuck it was. Signed Premier League jersey was like highlighted, like that's where you are. But the reality was that it's actually like a month long or like a few weeks or something. And I was actually 200th or something. Now, I know they've probably said that somewhere. I'm sure loads of people are aware of that. I missed it and thought I'd won a Premier League jersey because their app and their site and their whatever was showing me in that bracket when I went and clicked through kind of what I thought was a fairly logical user Mm -hmm. experience or like path. So it turns out I didn't win, but I thought I did. What did you call me out on? Just that. Yeah. Just that. He, sh- he should know better. <laughs> no, it wasn't even that. It was more like... No, I was just making fun of you. I oh, okay. Like, there was fair. no like... There was no... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. But no, I was just making fun of you. I'm trying to see... You were right. Like that stack would have done well had you played all three. That was the other thing. I think you only played two of the three game weeks. Like you started yeah. late. Yeah, so it's just like so stupid. Because I remember sitting here and I was like, oh, why am I not? Bu- oh, Jordan Pickford's only 50 quid and the other guys are like eight quid each. Uh, okay, let's do it. <laughs> well, now I've got an Everton stack to never use. <laughs> to sell for a loss. Anyway. Um, right, Laird, couple of questions from people. Now, I did post incredibly late, like 20 minutes before we posted or before we hit record. I didn't even know you did it. Yeah, and I didn't even like post a photo because, as I said, I got home yesterday and I was like, oh, crap, I haven't lined someone up. Um, hit up, hit you up, my emergency guy. Because I always hit up the content creators because I know like you guys are probably about. And I also tried to speak to you recently and you weren't free, so I said, I'm going to hit my guy up. So thanks for coming on. But I didn't like get an image sorted or really try and get questions. And I felt there'd be enough to talk about anyway. But we have a couple. And both are basically around... Um, is it the time to buy into America? Is it time to buy MLS cards? When is the time to buy MLS cards? It's perfect that you're American for this. Which is funny because I feel like I was talking to someone recently that most of my America cards are not in MLS. Like my better cards are in like Mexico and Argentina and Brazil. Mm. I'm actually really bad at MLS. Uh, But I don't... I don't like telling people when it's a good time to buy or sell because mostly because of basically what happened this time last year, I made a, a list, like a sort of did a watch list of cards that I, I thought would be worth more in like February than they were in October. And it was essentially just the top 50 American Asia cards. Cause we know that like, the end of the season, people start to sell. And when the season starts up, people get FOMO and they want to buy some cards. And there was like a gigantic global economic crash. And mm-hmm. the cards were not worth more in February and October because every card was down. And so if you look at kind of market cycles of of so rare, then sure, yeah. Buying cards now because they have less utility is usually when you can get them cheaper. But if everything stays the same, then yeah, they should be worth more in March, you know, February and March. But we have no idea if everything stays the same, like outside of so rare, let alone inside. So the short answer is, yeah, yeah, it's always a good time to buy MLS cards. But this is probably a better one than right right before the season starts. Yeah, that's generally my kind of take exactly. It's about in terms of cycles absolutely it's typically like i don't know the six weeks before the end of the season even in europe kind of even more maybe in europe i don't know like march april may think march and april maybe things start to slip a bit and then by may and june they're quite low aren't they that's that's what it is in my head yeah the low is always before we think it is to be honest yeah like people people think it's the low probably they start than they should but then people yeah are waiting for the low in like May and June. And then everyone that's like a race to buy the the every there's loads of people waiting to buy the dip, so then someone starts buying the dip early and then it isn't a dip anymore. 
is generally exactly what happens, isn't no, it? no no that's exactly what it is like everyone is like may is when i should buy european cards and it turns out that if you want to buy at the bottom it's like march april i do think that a lot of so rare managers sell cards too early meaning oh the season is coming to a close i should sell now so that i can get some america cards for the summer and it's like february and you're like you still have like 12 13 weekends left like there's mm. I was dealing that with that recently with because I have a bunch of cards in Denmark and they they take like a long winter break. It's similar to like Austria and it's not quite as bad as Russia. But I was like, man, I got to like figure out what I'm going to do when I lose these cards. And it's like they still have eight games left. Like eight games is a lot of games still. And so I think some people do kind of panic early and like that's when you should buy, not later when everyone's like oh this seems pretty low maybe we'll, we should all buy now why is kai wagner so cheap uh i think there's some ex expectation well the season's almost over and i think there's an expectation he leaves and given that it depends where he goes so there's just a lot of question marks yeah because his scores are absolutely obscene um, yeah just waiting from then up and is there people he's probably gonna end up in like the second division of the bundesliga or something is he like, that would be great. I assume he goes back to Germany. But yeah, but like, what happens if he goes and, be, and is a backup at Leverkusen? Like, then you're just like, oh, great. Just what I wanted. Um, I don't really have anything else. Any other international break thoughts? Anything else going around in that head of yours? About the game? About the season? So, no, but I'm going to ask you something separately. So, I had... Uh, show yesterday, so rare Andrews yesterday was with the so rare down under guys who you, you've spoken to. They're fucking to. hilarious. They're they're fantastic. I I said it on all these shows. They should have so many more yeah subscribers cool. on YouTube than yeah. they do. And so if you're here listening or watching this, go subscribe so rare down under on YouTube. But they we were talking about kind of content so rare content and the number of people in our, our live chat. They were like Nellis is like the the future of so rare content like that's what it should be of people going to matches and talking to other people about so rare and i was wondering if you think that's a viable content strategy for more than just you and alex no it's not it's just not <laughs> you can do it but you can do it different i don't know like I've said this so many times. People on this podcast are probably sick of it, but I'm talking to you now. And if they're still here, they're diehards. They're probably going to stay to the end. Hi, guys. You're welcome. You're a, you're officially a diehard. Um, Thank you. The trouble with so rare content as a whole is that the peak of like the most you will ever get viewers wise. I don't even know now. Like, what is it like? If you make a bang in so rare video, you might get five thousand views, unless it's one that lives on in the algorithm, like a beginner's tutorial that can do forty, fifty thousand views over the year. I don't know. The upside isn't there for the production that videos like that take. So to give you an idea of like me and Alex doing a video, like it's me and Alex because I can't do it on my own. Good luck finding someone else who can do it on their own. There are people who can do things like this on their own, but there will be other people who you see trying to vlog who end up going and the camera's all shaky and they've shit shots and the audio's off and they miss vital moments and they show you too much of something you don't care about and too little of something you care about. And it's striking that balance. To give you an idea, me and Alex sit down for i don't know what the number is but i'm gonna throw out there eight to ten hours maybe more before we go and record a video pre-planning what we need what it should look like you know and then we go and you have a rough structure we're following but obviously a lot of it's rift and things happen and the world happens but to come out with a good youtube video that can go viral or that can do well now we've only done that once the anfield video did over a million views it's on like 1.2 million the other ones are all sitting around 200 300 thousand views which is still really good, I think, considering we've done less than 10 long-form videos. We're very proud of that. But my point is, it's like, to actually achieve the amount of views that would make a video that takes that much effort, to make it viable, it requires so much fucking effort. And the problem is, if you pigeonhole it as a so rare video, you limit your ceiling so much. It's one thing when so rare are the sponsor. So, like, in some of our videos now, so rare will be the sponsor. Where in the video will be like oh and while i'm at the game i'm checking my so rare lineup and this is the crack or like in the jordan henderson one we gave him like a pound for every point jordan henderson scored in the game in the birthday video or the tra train video with the stranger we went to the game 
we were kind of we gave a 30 second kind of explainer about so rare some of them other ones have been a bit lighter on the integration but you know my point is so rare sponsoring viral football content or viral football youtubers i think is viable and makes sense and so we can get in front of like masses by doing that but if i go and i make a video like i i went and bust my balls paid alex if this was before me and alex had a more formal thing on i paid alex like 1500 quid or two grand of my own money or something i forget what it was a two years ago or something to do that barcelona vlog the initial one where hoodwink flew over and all that we didn't have a clue what we're at but i wanted to try and push the barrier of so rare content we yeah. went and did it and i don't even i think i got like four thousand views do you know how much four thousand views pays it's not, not viable it's a passion yeah. project at that stage it's not viable it like business-wise I and mean, when this is your livelihood it's not you can't do it when you're when you put so rare in the title or when you make it this is a so rare video welcome to the so rare vlog you immediately pigeonhole yourself to our community yeah. and youtube is not viable to a community this size is my opinion it can be a passion thing it can be fun you can do quite well in the affiliate program i'm sure but again that leads back to the only way it becomes viable is that affiliate program and that affiliate program only works if you're sending people up and what's the most effective yep. way to send people up it's not to go and spend two grand making a vlog it's to sit in your bedroom and make a really good beginner's tutorial or to do how to spend your first tenner or to do 10 players you could buy your first purchases target beginners so that's a bit of a ramble do i think it's the future it's like there's no real incent there's no reason for so rare creators to be incentivized to go to the effort that that takes in my opinion but can so rare be the sponsor of that type of content that could potentially go viral to a wider football audience absolutely but does that make it so rare content or is it just football content with a so rare sponsor so that's what it, yeah that's what i was going to say because the the Anfield video is not like, I think people look at it and like, yeah, it's a so rare video. Like he was there because of so rare, but like, that's not a so rare video. Mm. So rare, like help make it happen. Sure. But yeah. if, if you think that's the future of so rare content, like, I just don't think that's, it's reasonable for more what? than a few hand, a handful of people to be able to do that. Yeah. At best. No. I couldn't do it if it was only so rare. Con if it was like pigeonholed as so rare content, it wouldn't be viable for me. To I couldn't do it. I couldn't afford to do it. it. It wouldn't make sense. Right. And it also wouldn't make sense for so rare, in my opinion, to go giving out their premium experiences to people who are going to get 5,000 views. Like, that's the other thing. This Again, Andy, this sounds like an asshole, but I'm just going to say it. No, it's, it's, it's reality. I like went to like Liverpool and they played at Anfield and there's wee trolls in Discord going like, why is Nellis there? Oh, of course Nellis went. I mean, I got 1.2 million views and it's still going every day and that's advertising so rare. Now, could the integration have been stronger? I think we should have had so rare bibs. We should have had so rare kits. There should have been so rare branding. Could I have made the integration a bit bigger? I probably could have in hindsight. The ones since have been a bit bigger um, or more like a, more abrasive. Do you know, like so rare is this, ba 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 ba. But my point is, if someone becomes the best so rare creator but only creates so rare content it's great for the community but in terms of value to so rare as a company if they give you a premium experience or tickets that they get a couple of times a season or an experience like Anfield where they go like they get that once a season or i don't even know if they get it this season and you go and you make a video that gets two thousand views three thousand views it doesn't matter if that took you 40 hours of edit and a whole load of effort and it's a great piece of content if it's not getting views and it's not converting it doesn't yep. matter to so rare and I kind of respect that from a business perspective. They aren't a charity. And it's all about people need to get the most views. And whoever gets the most views and whoever converts the most will get the best experiences. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And I do think what Sora have done in the past at times is they've brought people who maybe haven't done that. And I think they could be more selective with who they give these experiences to. Because if you're not going to get that off an influencer, you should probably just put it into one of the competitions and give it to someone who would kill for the experience mm -hmm. you need it you need to uh, either be scratching the community's itch or getting exposure mm -hmm. you know you know i don't know if what i'm saying sounds like assholey or not check me if it does but it's just i think it's just the reality i don't think it's asshole at all but i think people need to appreciate the reality and they don't yeah, yeah. full so rare kits for that anfield experience would have been great mm. like if you guys like a limited team, or a rare keep, team 
the rare teams the Liverpool kits do you know what I mean I still always think back to the the jersey that Messi wore in the ambassador video it was like a collared so rare jersey and I was like I would wear that to like a nice dinner like I if they put that in the club shop I would spend all of my coins on that like a so rare that. that the Messi so rare jersey not the one you wore mm. I mean I would take that too but like I would I would want that one if the Anfield again, Harry needs to get like the same kit as everyone else, except there's like one of one unique on it, or like it has like a a black bit to it, and then like mine will be like common, do you know, <laughs> <laughs> do you know, and then like you'll throw in other people who are like half decent as rares and super rares and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Problem is they all need to be wearing the same color to know who to pass to. But you get my point. Yeah, um, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But yeah, but you're right. That isn't. I, I didn't really think of that much. I did think that the basically the bibs was it i don't want to say it looked cheap but having a bunch of people show up with like their own jerseys and then putting bibs on top i don't know i felt like yeah they had jer- like so rare jer- you know set of blue set of white black white whatever you want that would have made the that would have made your video and everyone's like wait what are those jerseys you like, oh, yeah. it's a so rare jersey what's so rare bang that's all you need another like yeah i think it's about making it as easy as possible to promote so rare like or, or, or create that right. awareness and i think like that was just a tap in when you have referees linesmen people picking balls out of stands 25 people running around the pitch playing at fucking anfield the anthem be or the never walk alone being played in the changing room robbie fowler heskey but you aren't wearing so rare jerseys do you know what i mean it's those small details yeah. um right but like, I well, think like, that's that's a okay. that's a question. I think like in terms of like so rare content, I, I that question comes up a bit, and it's because I create content about so rare. But like people will notice, you know, there are weeks now that so far so far so rare doesn't happen. There are weeks now where lineup builders don't happen, and the reality of that is is because it's all the other content that I do that so rare sponsor that is more valuable for so rare and is more valuable to me. And it's very hard then whenever you're traveling to do that. I was away for a week last month, like 10 days, trying to create two, three videos. And like you're seeing all the loads of this content coming out now um, from that trip. And it's like, that's what so rare want because it gets them more eyes. That's what makes me more money. That's what gets me more subscribers. That's what gets me more views. It's hard to like stay consistent. The problem with so rare content as well, sorry, it's kind of like FPL where you do your lineups, you do your rewards, and then after that week's done, it's dead in the algorithm. It's not going to live on. You do 10 players to buy, you do five thises, you do five tips, you do three thises. The game's iterating, the game's changing, the interface is changing. My beginner's tutorial from earlier this year is probably dead now because the whole interface has changed. Yeah. You can't... Things change so fast with players, with the game, with the prizes, with the scarcities, with like, you know, the basketball tutorial now is probably dead because it's not up 5,000, it's up 1,000. You know, there's so much that changes that it's very yeah. hard to create viral so rare specific content so i think that's maybe in terms of where i see so rare content going because i don't think it's viable to do the big ideas i do exclusively about so rare i think it's about personality and characters almost like fifa streamers where it's you're there for the person you're not necessarily there for the ridiculously interesting content stream where they do this mad challenge like fifa youtubers sitting up in packs fifa youtubers sit in the room and open packs and react and you get maybe behind the person more than you get behind the originality of the content or how grand it is. Does that make sense? I had a whole conversation about FIFA content with my son because my son, who is 12, watches FIFA content. And he was like, I kind of want to do this. And I was like, all right, well, like, what are you going to do? And he's like, you know, I'll just like play and talk about it. And I was like, do you think people would want to watch that? And he was like, well, I watch it. And I was like, do you think anyone else would want to watch you play? And he was like, I don't know. Let's find out. And he's like, I watch Net play. I watch Chani play. And I was like, okay, so do you think you're better at this than them? And he was like, no, they're really good at the game. I'm like, yeah, but like you watch that. Like you're not just watching them play. Mm. It's, it's them. You are watching them and they happen to be playing a game, not you're watching the game and they're just like randomly talking over it. Yeah. It was actually kind of a fun conversation because it, it, like you need people to appreciate why certain content works. And I realize that's like a weird thing to talk to a 12 year old kid about, mm. but 
the, but like, that's what I do. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. like, I do content. That's what I do. And he's like, so people watch this. And I'm like, yeah. And why do they watch it? Well, some people find it uh, helpful to learn about new things. Some people find it and, you know, just get entertainment out of it. Some people think I'm an absolute moron. And so they just watch so that they can feel better about themselves. And, but it's like, they watch it for some reason. And it's not just like the person who is on camera or on the microphone, like there has to be something about them that you listen to or watch. And like Nep and Chani and Haber are like really entertaining people. And they just happen to use FIFA to like deliver their personalities. And I don't even know why I started talking about that. <laughs> um, just about it being more personality driven than necessarily the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yes. So, Let's I see, think, you, you, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of it to that. You stick a hundred Like, John, do, do you think, how many people do you think listen to you for your so rare content because they think you are an expert? 1% of deluded fucks. <laughs> so, so why do they watch you? I honestly I think I get watched because I've been doing it for so long and because I've built up that legacy audience, if that makes sense. Is legacy even the word? Like yeah. I've but people know me. You know, people oh that's John. Because I've been in this football y kind of fantasy football industry, footstocky into so rare for like four years now of content every week, apart from yeah. last week. But you get the point. It's like I think people know what they're getting. And they must like that. Some people yeah. don't. That's fine. But it's like, I think it's just, I don't know. People just, I think you want to like chill out with someone who you feel like you know, or you can relax with. And I, I, I think like over time people get that. But you're right. Like, I think the so rare content will be so personality driven because it's a case of like, if you put a hundred people in front of cameras and make them all build lineups and make, you know, like, it's it's not the there will be people there who are entertaining or people who people want to watch or people who offer a lot of value and insight and there'll be people who offer fuck all and that's the reality there'll be 10 20 50 100 people who try and stream their lineups on so rare on youtube on twitch and there mm -hmm. will be a few of them that are entertaining that provide value that do this and the other 80 90 percent of them will just be pretty crap at it for one of a million reasons either they aren't that good on camera maybe they don't speak that well maybe they don't put the effort into their prep you know if they're not providing anything maybe their camera shit maybe their lighting shit maybe they aren't consistent maybe they quit after two months there'll be a million people that fall off but i, do, yeah. I just yeah i think it's it's at the minute it's kind of personality driven and i don't i don't disagree with you i was a conversation i had that came up because of the sorer down under guys because i find them amazingly entertaining yeah. And I had a blast talking to them yesterday and the, the conversation, I wasn't talking to them about it, but they were kind of the, the point. I was like, I just, I have fun watching their stuff and there are, I'm not obviously going to call anyone out here, but there are just like so rare content. There is so rare content out there that's just kind of boring and yeah. it might be really helpful, but if it's boring, I'm just not going to watch it. It's the thing that I'm honestly most jealous about. My dog's going crazy. I'm like Sean Newsham here. The the thing that I'm most jealous of in content, because I think when I actually look at most of the content I look at or listen, is he, can you all hear that as crazy as it is? I don't hear it. Oh, great. Um, I think I've always kind of wanted a co-host and I've wanted to build rapport and I've wanted to have in-jokes and I've wanted for things to become a thing and roll on and have a bit of buddy buddy and a bit of fun and understand that you know i've wanted that because that generally the content i listen to be it mm -hmm. football related be it not be it so related be it not i think that's why i enjoyed the so down under guys so much when i listen to them because it's like or even like when you are on with black it's like oh that's a double act that i know you and sean yeah. i know the vibe and that's something that I've always thought, like, because I think some people like this podcast because I like have different people on and talk. But I think the reason I keep gravitating back to having the likes of you on multiple times, I'll have Quinny back, I'll have whoever back, is because I like that rapport and that building of something. Maybe it's something I'd look at because I do just think it would be nice to have that. It's something I think I'd enjoy. So it's maybe something I need to think about doing. But. So I think this every time he comes on, but. 
there is something, and maybe it's because I've been in SoRare for a while and I've watched and listened to you guys a lot, but it is an absolute travesty that you and Quinny don't have a weekly show together. There is yeah. something when you guys get on and I'm just like, you guys could talk about what anything and I'm be like, I'm in. And <laughs> I started doing, so I have always felt that way with Quinny with myself that I really like doing stuff with Quinny. And it felt like I never had the right, I never had the right idea of content to do with Quinny. Like I wanted to do regular stuff with Quinny and I just couldn't, we started doing these game week previews together. Those things end and I'm just like, that was so much fun. I don't know if they're helpful at all. And if anybody has any feedback over on the Sora Data cha uh, YouTube channel, please provide it. But you and Quinny, I don't know. It's like uh, you guys start talking and, you know, it's like when you see like old friends after a while and you're just like, oh, all right. And you're just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're going to be fun. It's been comfortable. And like, it's yeah. So if you're ever going to do regular stuff, I think you and Quinny like yeah. absolutely has to happen. I think I'll, I'll maybe talk to him. It's one of those where I've thought of that before, but I always like, it's like, but he has the end product. So, I mean, he has his thing. You know, he has his thing. I can't just go in and be like, oh, also come and have this thing. But maybe we'll have a chat. I'll see. Because the other thing is, like, I do enjoy talking to multiple people, but that means maybe you have a double act and then you have a, an extra guest every so often when it makes sense. Yeah, but, um, that's what Andy and I do. Like, we yeah. sometimes, you know, it's usually us, but like yesterday we had the Sora Down Under guys. And yeah, he just, he makes it in. But yeah, I'm like full-fledged, like you and Quinny. That needs okay, to we've got one vote. Give me the other quotes in the comments and uh or on social if you're listening on podcast but andy i'm gonna leave it there um been an absolute pleasure i'm dying for a pay my dinner's on the table this minute 5 15 so um i'm gonna run but everyone thanks for listening um we'll be back next week and go and check out so rare data and andrew laird at andrew laird andrew, andrew m. m laird oh god damn it i have it in front of me andrew m laird <laughs> see you later